Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sometimes the world looks like you ain't ever seen it before. Stuck behind never-ending windows. All you need is a door. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remember in unusual times it can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride. Cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Just ask. Say the word and I'll be there. Just ask. You know the greatest Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, who is currently just walking around her apartment. Oh, it just looks like she's she maybe like getting dinner together. Can't quite tell. Sarah Ferguson! Sarah, how are you? I blew my cover. But, you know, <laughs> yeah well, uh, i'm trying to remember i think you got made i think that's what the spy term is which yeah, you got me used in this film but i'm doing really well it's been a minute since you and i've done a bonus podcast mm-hmm. over at shit 90 shows taught me and i i'm really happy we're back into the swing of things because i feel as though i haven't talked about like a really nostalgic movie mm-hmm. in a while that's also a piece of shit so i'm really <laughs> glad oh to get into the, the swing of things coming in so like viciously hot oh my god oh i don't know if my heart can take that moment um we are here with a very special guest someone who referenced this film and i immediately leapt on him and was like Hello, it is now me, and you are coming on to talk about this movie because it has been on our list, Sarah. This movie has been on our list to talk about for a long time. Yeah. Um, 1996's Harriet the Spy, uh, the Nickelodeon VHS that was orange. I believe this was like the first Nickelodeon film like ever, like on like to be in theaters or whatever. Um, Stuart is here to talk about this with us. Stuart, how are you? How are you holding up after Sarah's <sighs> statement? I'm good. I'm so glad to be here. I've got like my roots scouted and I'm here to duly de-dorkify Sarah for that scalding hot take. <laughs> it's impossible to de-dorkify me. That's it the is, issue. 
unreal to have that take. This film is one of my absolute favourites. I like grew up and I idolised it, and it holds up. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the IMDb ratings are. I don't care what the Rotten Tomatoes are. I love this film. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, like, I think I fall somewhere in between the two of you, where I enjoyed my rewatch. I feel like the specific things that stuck out in my memory, it took a while to get there in the film because all of the things I remembered, I remembered like the game of tag. I remembered the blue paint incident. I remembered all of those things very specifically. And so it kind of took a minute for the show or for the movie to get there. But like, yeah, like, did we all want to be Harriet the spy when we were kids? Absolutely. Like, did I pretend to be Harriet? Yeah. And let me say, this is also... A classic 90s film in the fashion, the fashion mm, girl, yes. like the very baggy clothing, the cuffed pants, the like, who didn't want a yellow raincoat like Harriet? We all did. Who had one? You're looking at them. <laughs> Literally <laughs> sent my mom out and I was like, I need a coat for winter. And she goes, okay, what color? I'm like, yellow. Really? Yellow? Yes. Yellow. Yellow. <laughs> fashion choice it's definitely a fashion choice mm -hmm. you leave 11 year old Stuart alone <laughs> <laughs> um so Sarah let me just off the top before we like dive into this movie proper what was it that like didn't necessarily hold up for you I would say it's more so that this was extremely illuminating into my childhood uh, and the effects that it had on me as a first grader when this movie was raging. Yeah. And we can we can get into all of my baggage and we will, but it is so illuminating about what ha happened because flashback to first grade, 1996. Um I, there was a game that we played on the playground called Harriet the Spy. And I remember, I did, I remembered it was like some sort of like manhunty tag game. Okay. But the problem was I was always Harriet the Spy and it was, they like forced it upon me. And I couldn't remember, like, how or why this was called, this game was called Harry the Spy. I just remember that it was. And there was a certain amount of resentment towards all of this. And lo and behold, I watched this godforsaken movie and with the little <laughs> fists and the tag game and everything made sense again, as well as all of the bullying that presented itself afterwards. And I'm like, holy fuck, the, the whole reason why my first great experience was miserable was because of this movie. So maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe I'm a little bit angry. Maybe I just realized where all of my first grade trauma came from. Maybe I should get over it because it's been 30 years, but I will not. I will not. It's been less than 30 years. I'm not 36, but I could be. I'm sure when I am 36, I'll still be thinking about it. And it was crazy because I like didn't put two and two together until this morning when I watched this movie. So I'm still heated about it. I'll be okay. 
I'll be okay. I'm just but confused I am as just... to why you were always Harriet and what that meant. Because like it meant that I was movie. a loser. I was dorkified, <laughs> and they wanted me to be Harriet because they wanted me to be the outcast, just like Harriet. So they always made me be the chaser, and they always ran from me. And they're like, "Ah, you're Harriet the spy." Ah, and like I was, I was dorkified, and this is what happened. Wow. Yeah, I know, I know. So besides We're unlocking I, a lot of childhood trauma I know, right now. I'm gonna try to this I'm gonna like try to hop off of my little podium, um, get down from the top of the roof of uh the cat spy area. But uh <laughs> yeah, like I mean honestly it was it was very eye opening. And now that I've gotten off my chest, we can move forward from it. Wonderful. Thank you. I mean, no, it's not wonderful, Jessica. I just like unloaded trauma. To <laughs> oh, and then wonderful like, oh, that we so can move forward. Like, I'm so trauma. happy you were so sad and bullied. <laughs> um, that's the thing I didn't necessarily remember. Stuart was like the sheer amount of like bullying that takes place in this movie. Like it's a it's a lot, and like I can't wait to talk about some of it because some of it feels like very um of the times, right? Like, uh, I mean, bullying certainly still happens today but i would say like uh, i think a lot of it was more like cyberbullying today than it is like the in person stuff that we're seeing here um yeah, yeah like, <laughs> it's it's kind of like it it digested down to like what it was like when you're a kid like bullying was like prevalent as it still always is and stuff but like when you're in it at the moment like that's your world and so when it happens yeah. and stuff it is all-consuming, and it takes over the entire thing. And I think this is one of the few films that really portrays that real feeling as a kid. Of just, like, when she's there writing in the book and stuff, like, everyone hates me and stuff. That's how it feels. Like, when yeah. you're being bullied, it's like your entire world just becomes that. And it's one of the few films that really fully captures that. Because often lands with, like, kids' films, particularly ones in the 90s, kids are written dumb. And they're written for, like to be like a lower level, and this is one of the few that kind of takes them seriously and goes, oh, "Okay, like so, it's not just silly kids play. This is like serious trauma stuff that really yeah. affects kids and takes it seriously, which is kind of one of the reasons why I kind of respect it. Not to make light of your trauma, Sarah. But, it's okay. Like, I, I feel as though you two are going to help me bring it around, and then we're going to get like a full acceptance moment. We are nurturing the inner child." uh today and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna move forward and i a think this is gonna moment. be i think it was, it's gonna be an illuminating day but i also think it's gonna be a healing day so i am ready to talk about this uh this 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 harriet the spy um yeah yeah the 1996 yeah. film we have to talk a little yeah. bit about this all-star cast first because whew, so many like people here that i had just not remembered obviously rosie o'donnell is like the one that i was like you know obviously the two main characters like i remembered but like a lot of the other kids her parents not in my brain at all let's start with michelle trachtenberg who i mean i know her best as harriet the spy but i i was never a buffy person um but i know that she was in buffy i know that was mm -hmm. like a big thing Stuart, are you a buffy person so I was like part of the kind of routine when I was in high school was like you come home, you watch The Simpsons, you watch Buffy, you have dinner. Like it was the routine that everyone mm -hmm. shared. And I think that when she took on the role as Dawn in Buffy, like uh, like sort of away from the films and stuff, Michelle Trachtenberg like really took the criticism that was thrown towards Dawn because she was a really unlikable character. 
really took that to heart and didn't really want to kind of go back to TV. But my first exposure of Michelle, uh, Michelle Trachtenberg was with Pete and Pete, which was on Nickelodeon ah, way before. She yeah. was in that for like two seasons, for like this really kind of yeah. minor role. And she stole the screen every single time. I was just like, she's amazing. And then she goes on to do Harriet's Spine. I was just like, this is brilliant. Yeah. But yeah. She's, I think she's also, Sarah, like in a lot more than we necessarily remember because, like, she voiced Penny in Inspector Gadget, which is huge. Oh, yeah. The Never Inspector knew Gadget. that. Mm-hmm. I, re- I specifically remember her in Euro Trip. She was in that film. She was in Six Feet Under. Like, she's had, uh, she's yeah. been in a lot of You're things. Being so disrespectful right now, I can't even articulate how disrespectful you are being because she is the georgina sparks from gossip girl yeah um xoxo gossip girl she's everything uh and also kind of an unlikable character in that she was also in do you remember figure it out no let's no. figure it out it was one of those little game shows where um you know there's kids with like you know you, I don't know, maybe kind of like a, a a talent type of show. Okay. And I think that you had to like guess what their talent was. Uh, and there was a panel of celebrities or like Nickelodeon celebrities. Like Amanda Bynes was there and Lori, okay. Lori Beth Denberg and Danny Tamborelli. And they had to guess like, you know, average kids, like special talents very interesting kind of like remember remember the the uh, the other other game shows that all those like fun game shows where they had like all the nickelodeon panelists yeah i know what you i know what you're referencing yeah that's no i didn't i've never seen that um or if i did i don't remember it figure it out you don't remember this i mean that's what i got that's all i got (laughs) yeah no i don't i don't remember um but yeah she is like a 90s star like quintessential 90s star um and like you said with i mean i think uh again i'm not a huge gossip girl person i think I, i fell off my watch like season two or something yeah you did really poorly i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, i've managed uh but yeah she she's like still she's hopping and bobbing she's still making stuff she's still around um and then next up 90s icon rosie o'donnell like in so much we covered her on now and then um just like everywhere in the 90s like the 90s comedian um she plays uh golly or gully i feel like she pronounces it more like gully even though it's spelled like golly um what do you think Stuart? how how do you love rosie o'donnell in this film absolutely kind of adore her in this film i can't say that my exposure to her being in the uk has been that heavy i think like she's just been in a kind of a sparing amount of things that i've seen over here but like as old golly, I was just like, just everything you want from like a nanny-like figure, just like yeah. comforting, educational, but then also kind of like not patronizing. I was just like, loved Rosie O'Donnell. And then the next exposure that I really had after that was pretty much her and Donald Trump beefing everywhere on the internet <laughs> yeah. like years later. I was like, what? Yeah, she's uh, Sarah like... Outspoken, yeah. 
she's definitely, on the yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, she is like, I think she does such a great job in this role. Like, and I also think Sarah, this like she's like a little different in this role than she is. She's very funny, which is always consistent throughout any role she's in. Mm-hmm. But I think that a lot of times she plays more of like the wisecrack person, um, yeah, a, a quieter type of funny. Uh, yes. instead of you know open and the louder and but she has like a warmth to her that made not only harriet feel really comfortable but ourselves too um we actually covered two um two this is our third rosie film because we also covered the 1992 film a league of their own oh right she was in that yeah, she was yeah. in that oh wait sleepless in seattle she was in sleepless in seattle this is our fourth Oh wow! Our I think fourth she Rosie like snuck in there. Yeah. yeah, she. Yeah, remember she was uh, somebody's friend. I was gonna say who was somebody's she? Friend. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that she anymore. was. Um, I think that she was Meg Ryan's friend. If I remember oh, that makes correctly, sense. and then they yeah, they went on that, that double date that date, and then the guy like the other person or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, also, <laughs> remember the uh, 1994 Flintstones. Yes, she My plays. Gosh, uh, yes. She plays, she plays the, Betty. Betty, Betty Rubble. I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, yeah Betty. We, I loved with John Goodman. Yes, he's the perfect Fred. Yes, I loved the Flintstones back in the day. This the Flintstones movie, and then um wait the leah the viva rock vegas one, and then they switched the cast for Stephen Baldwin, and then I was just like. What, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> but of course, she's also in, um, she's also in Tarzan. You know, Turk. She's a voice actress too. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, okay, I remember that. Now that you say it, yeah. She yeah, was, so she's very lovable back in the day. I, I loved Rosie, and I think like once again, my first exposure to her was probably Harriet the Spy. Yeah, I think I. Th- think i would say me too uh because i saw now and then after definitely after this um but yeah she plays old gully she is like an amazing nanny um but let's let's move on to maybe some of the other children we have gregory smith who plays sport the minute i saw him i was like holy shit that's ephraim from everwood right there on my screen i had completely forgotten that i mean he has like the quintessential 90s cut like the mushroom cut to the extreme in this film um Stuart, did you ever watch the show everwood never watched everwood um but i did watch small soldiers which he was in as well oh okay i don't know that one alan yeah. abernathy yeah alongside kirsten dunce where they're basically the toys get this like super chip from this like high-tech military company that takes over the toy makers and then the toys come alive and it's oh my chaos gosh highly recommended it's great it's like a cornerstone of the kirsten dunce kind of like sort of films when uh in the 90s um but other than that like i've never seen him in anything else those two things and that's it hey hold on zeta sapitas i am sure you watched xenon girl the 21st century come on on, Stuart. like come come on. on come on and if you haven't then we will be welcoming you on in a matter of months to watch xenon girl the 21st century it's on the list um love xenon he played the cute boy in xenon 
because he is cute that's the thing i think um sport stands out to me in this film as being like one of i understand why gregory smith got booked for more after it because even though he has like a smaller role there's something about sport that is very magnetic and like he's very lovable and charismatic and you want to help him right like when he has sad puppy eyes gregory smith like corners the market on sad puppy eyes when he looks sad your heart breaks for him and when he like when his dad gets the check because he sold his book you're like yes sport go get your milk you don't have to pay a change <laughs> like something about him is very magnetic and i just felt like he was again very 90s like the mushroom cut but just very adorable in this movie i just want to give him a little hug I loved him. I'm very concerned for his character because ten thousand dollars is not going to last you a long time. In the nineties, it did though. In the nineties, it did was it, a little bit Jessica, better. Jessica, did not it that, though? Not if you get taken to a court for abusing the waiter. Like, I, yeah. First reactions, like, yeah, we're gonna go out. We're going for dinner. We'll abuse the waiter. I was like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it really escalated really quickly. Yeah, it did. Um, and then of course we have to talk about Harriet's other friend, Janie, played by Vanessa Chester. Uh, for me, because I recently did a Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World rewatch, recognized her from the Lost World, where she plays um like the they, I hate I I really don't like this movie. Um, she plays Kelly Curtis, who is um who is like the daughter who like sneaks onto the RV and like really causes a whole bunch of trouble for Jeff Goldblum. And I'm just like, girl, get out of here in that movie. Like she's like a very annoying kind of like preteen um, in that film. But that is what I recognized her from. Stuart, are you familiar with her in any other roles? Nothing else except Jurassic Park. And I love the way the witch, uh, they had to shoe on him that she was like, gymnast, gymnast. And of course, there happened to be pipes that were just done in the way in which gymnasts kind of do at the Olympics. And I was like, this is just hokey as. Yeah. Another reason to add to the list of why Jurassic Park 2 is like just the worst. It's, t- worst. it's so bad. It's my least favorite one but of the films. That, like, I kind of, I remember like having a cycle through the uh, IMDb and like seeing a couple of things, like apparently like appearances in like, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. I'm a huge West Wing fan, and yet I still don't remember her being in the West Wing at all. Like she's, she's youth voter number two. <laughs> <laughs> once, once again, the amount of disrespect. I just like well, here we going go. back. 1995 film, A Little Princess, the best film that has ever been made, ever, 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 ever. You all, you both haven't seen it. Okay, so this no. little girl named Sarah. Of course, <laughs> her name is Sarah. Way, she is a rich bitch, and she she's a she becomes an orphan, and then she makes, what? and then she because she went to boarding school, and then she becomes an orphan, and then they're like, you can't pay to be at this like fancy boarding school, so we're gonna send you to the attic, and you're going to be a maid. Crazy, it's crazy. But then she makes her best friend. Becky, who is also a maid because, I don't know, because this takes place in 1905 and it's nasty as heck. But her and Sarah and Becky, who uh, Becky is obviously played by um, Vanessa Chester. Of course, yeah. Uh, Best friends forever. And guess what? Spoiler alert. They get adopted together. Well, actually, no, because like Sarah's dad wasn't really dead, but Sarah's dad adopted Becky, and then everybody cries. It's fine; I don't care. 
You gotta wow. watch it. I've been trying to get Jessica to watch a little princess for two years and she refuses. It's not that I refuse. There's just so many other things we can cover first. And it's so good. And it makes you cry, which you know I love. I, you do love to cry. I do. Um, Stuart, are you a person like Sarah who just <laughs> likes to take a prince. moment to stare out windows when it's raining and cry? I mean. <sighs> take the opportunity. I don't want to say yes, but yes. Yeah! <laughs> you, you, you've got to take those moments. you got to. What is your astrological sign, if you don't mind me asking? Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Huh. Interesting. You've got, to, you've got to just take that moment for yourself. You've got to yeah. indulge the feels. You do. Otherwise, <laughs> you do. they bottle and they come out in the worst way. <laughs> take that moment. Appreciate the drizzle. I th- and let have a little cry. <laughs> Appreciate the drizzle. I just want you next time it's raining, Jessica, and you're in your feels. I just want you to try it. I just don't think I can emotionally get okay, there. Okay, Jessica, our friend anniversary is in two days. I that's what I have to do on our friend anniversary. Well, is cry. Cry for us. Yeah, I have a lot of requirements for our friend anniversary, but she's that's already given me like a full day of activities, and I also yeah. have to like you know work. So it's gonna no, be interesting. I don't think you do. I mean, just remembering, I thought would have been adequate enough, but a list of activities, that's not, a bit much. Not for Sarah. It's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, wow. Granted, I haven't given her any um, assignments, so that's I don't know true. how this is. <laughs> that's true. That's the most telling equitable. thing I've had all day. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, uh, moving on to her parents, uh, someone who it took me a minute to recognize her, Mrs. Welsh, J. Smith Cameron. The one, the only Jerry from Succession. Sarah, I know you're not a Succession person. Stuart, have I'll you seen the show Succession? Two minutes. I have. Couldn't believe it when I put two and two together. Yes. I was like, what? Young Jerry. Unreal. Uh, I love Jerry in Succession. I thought that she did a great job here being like rich bitch mom who's just like, I don't know how to deal with my daughter. Golly, you deal with her, essentially. Um really fun uh loved seeing like again very like a young fresh faced jay smith cameron is wild uh and her husband robert joy who like his face looks very familiar to me but i'm not seeing anything that i would know him from i don't know why he looks so familiar sarah did you know him in anything nope but i'm sure he's very successful in all of his endeavors He, I mean, to be fair, he has been in a lot of stuff. I just, I don't recognize him. I don't know what he's in. I'm sure he just played like a one-off character in something I watched. Um, Again, Malcolm in the Middle. That's hilarious. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, I mean, and then, of course, we have Eartha Kitt, who makes like a, a small appearance here. Um, But this, this movie, we have to get into it because there's just, there's so much going on where we start off just watching, first of all, She's 11 years old and a sixth grader, older than I remembered her being. I don't know why in my head she was like, you know, uh, eight or something, but she's uh, she's just chilling. She wants to be a spy and a writer. She lives in New York City. This girl has free reign of the city, Stuart. Not, not today. You'd never see this happening, but just an 11-year-old roaming the streets of New York City spying on people. Unreal to like really believe that uh, a kid that's um, of such neurotic parents who spends so much money on a nanny just let her wander the streets of New York City of all places. Yeah. 
But like in the original, because the book was like out in the sixties and stuff like that, so they've adapted it. But I don't think it quite translates when you've got this like child just scaling buildings and stuff in yeah. New York City of all places. <laughs> it's just unreal. But you kind of love it in a way because you kind of got to respect like the kid. The kid's got to be tough if they're running around dealing with that. Yeah, and, like, she she's like equipped with all her stuff right like she takes sarah i have never seen someone take something so seriously as harriet takes being a spy like she's like this is my job bitch screw school i graduated already and this is what i'm doing yeah talking about astrology this kid's definitely a capricorn like she knows that she has a job she has to complete the work i don't understand does she want to be she wants to be a writer that's the end goal here and in order to be a good writer you have to observe your surroundings therefore she feels like the only thing that she can do is be a spy correct right and so she's writing down all of her observations she writes down literally everything you would think that she would want to solve crimes this is not it she's just a people watcher and a no in a busybody and a no in a a, you know has her nose super nosy it shouldn't be so like i don't think that she's using her talents for good here it's not like she's of course a private investigator and is like trying to like figure out if like people are abusing like the healthcare system no she just cares like and it's not even like she's like finding out anything interesting she's like this dude has cats a lot of cats hopefully he won't get snagged by like you know animal um protective services like sarah i hate to break it to you she is 11 years old of course she's not doing it like she's just snooping around like 11 year olds do like she does she you know she just wants to like poke her nose where it doesn't belong and write everything down like of course she's not finding anything out that's like i'm not a writer i've never been a writer but is snooping and being a spy the best way for you to become a writer it's investigative journalism at the heart of it. It's like <laughs> yes. she is throwing herself into the story, trying to find it and getting to the things that people don't often see. Put a supply uh, prize or not, she will get one one day. Because I like absolutely like appreciate the determined like nature of it. But give her time, Sarah. Come on. Yeah. She's 11. And she's like, she is putting herself in moral peril multiple times where she's like climbing up on things like she's putting herself in a rough spot here um and then we meet she goes to school we meet her best friends sport and Janie. um and i immediately fell in love with like this trio because you can feel how close they are they're doing the i remember what they call it they're like okay we can't do a blood oath because that's gross and it will hurt so instead i i found this fascinating one of them you draw like a symbol on the bottom of your foot in pen with a lot of extra ink and then you smush your feet together and you are now branded uh, as a part of the same crew and you can't wash your foot you cannot wash off this tattoo Stuart, because that means the trio is dissolved you need to keep this tattoo forever i kind of question the how it's going to remain that long on the foot of all places yeah the bottom of your foot is a questionable position but i mean better than the blood oath i mean probably better that we didn't see that in the film i think that might have changed the tone (laughs) quite considerably (laughs) yeah and i I loved this like you can tell immediately that they're bffs and the fact that (laughs) 
you just did an experiment on yourself. I was just curious. Like, of course, I it mean, works. Ink. It's ink. It's transfers. What do you mean? I mean, I've never tried this before. But yeah, like if you draw on yourself and then immediately try to transfer it, then it works. But there you go. I don't believe. I don't even think if we did it with Sharpie, it would work. Yes, it, it's ink. What do you mean? No, I mean like, uh, excuse me. I don't think if you do a Sharpie, then it, I don't think it's going to last forever. Oh, no. You're going to take baths and you, yeah. And of course, if you're walking on the bottom of your foot, right? Like it's a terrible spot. I understand why she uh, foot Harry is a stinky now. kid. Yeah, because she doesn't wash her feet. Yeah, she's uh, and then so, she wonders why they all of a sudden it makes kid. so much sense. Yeah, the film comes together. Yeah, um, <laughs> and so they now. they have like this oath together. They very much have this vibe of like we're the weird kids, and we're the only one that sees Marion Hawthorne for what she is, which is an elitist jerk off. Stuart Marion is instantly hateable. Absolutely, I mean like the quintessential rich horse girl of the like school <laughs> I was like, horse girl. cannot be dealing with it at yeah. all like the attitude the stuck up expression the clothes yeah like what the hell she's wearing a school uniform without having to be forced <laughs> to wear a school uniform yeah. uh this lady sh- uh woman girl uh child charlotte sullivan uh, she is a Canadian actress, and uh, she looks very familiar, but I can't. She was in Fever Pitch. She was in well, maybe that's what I saw. Uh, a couple of episodes in Smallville. But oh, I watched a lot. Of is Smallville. that maybe that's what it was? Could be that. She appeared as Marilyn Monroe in the 2011 miniseries The Kennedys. Well, there you go. Okay, yeah, I could see her playing Marilyn Monroe. Um. And so, yeah, so this is the enemy, Marion Hawthorne, who's the rich bitch, who, again, very elitist, just like very like, okay, I'm calling myself out in a sense where like the teacher asks the question and Marion's hand fucking shoots him into the sky like, I know, I know the answer. Like, she's very like, I can't, I can't. She's fucking awful. Um, And they all hate her. And so they're all they're all going to be against Marion. Um. Which is like it's very again. I I love a film where it's very clear who the enemy is. Like it is mm-hmm. from moment one. They don't fuck around, right? There's no, no ifs, ands, or buts. This is the enemy, and it's because she's a jerk, and that's all you need to know is that she's a jerk, and we hate her. Simple. Yeah, yeah. And she becomes what is it like homeroom correspondent? <laughs> I don't I don't know like what her official title is, but apparently it's like. It, it like this job is so the scope is so large because it's like you take like class attendance, it's like class like, president or something, you bring tasks. in brownies, yeah. and then like you edit the school newspaper. <laughs> like the scope is so large, and apparently, Marion uh, is the only winner uh, every single school year. Wow, because everyone loves Marion. Well, Except everyone's afraid of her. That's oh, so that. everyone That's... wants to be her. She's like Regina George Stewart. I just people want to be her. I mean, I have a theory that I wrote down when I was watching it. I was like writing some notes and stuff, and I did say that this is like a precursor to Mean Girls, Woo! and it, that they absolutely have cribbed from this. 
Mm-hmm. It truly is. Yeah, there is a lot of things that are like completely docs for Mean Girls. I thought that as well. Um, I think I don't know if people. I think like her, like a couple friends want to be her, but I think that people are afraid of her, and I think that there's probably shouldn't be the same homeroom correspondent every single year. I think that they should regulate this. <laughs> Term limits on class president. <laughs> yeah, she's becoming a monster. Because Harriet the spy, all she wants is to, you know, I don't think that she cares about, like, you know, bringing in the brownies or whatever tasks they have to do, but she does want to edit the school newspaper. Yeah. Um, control the media. <laughs> she wants to control the media. Yeah. Uh, then we get. I gotta say, I really loved the bonkers am I on acid while I'm watching this scene of the children in Gully going to just this random, like, New York City artist's, like, I don't know, park? I don't know what this was. But they go in, and it is like a child's dream. There's, like, ties everywhere. There's, like, a bubble fountain. They, like, basically, Stuart, are given free reign to explore and create, which seems like such... And this woman, this older lady, she's just like, yeah, whatever. Like, whatever. You know, you do what you want to do, children. Create some art while you're here. It was great. It definitely, like, kind of established, like, why these group of kids have, like, been brought together, because they are the outcasts. And you've got this, like, parental figure in the form of Golly, who's kind of teaching them that these outcasts aren't to be ignored in life that you embrace them and you like kind of look beyond that surface of all oh, the weird person in the weird garden and you see yeah. an artist is like creating stuff and the garden itself is so cool like it's just the yeah. amount of like scrap stuff that put together they're making like arts and stuff the hanging sodas were really cool as well i thought those yes! like i always you just wanted grab one of those. when you're thirsty yeah um, what did you think of Sarah of the moment where you have to shake the soda and mm-hmm. say like a is it like a wish, right? And then you drink some and then you pass. How what did you think of this? Yeah, this um uh, definitely is a scene that stuck um stuck out to me uh, because I for because it's just like so whimsical and fun. Um so this I'm trying to look it up. It seems as though this was actually in Austin. Uh, it's called the Cathedral of Junk, and it's uh, ten minutes. <laughs> I mean, that's what, what it's called. It um, and you know, it's it's a found art uh, establishment. And I suppose I don't know if you can still go there, but um, you at one point in time could visit the Cathedral of Junk in uh austin texas interesting i don't know know why you would want to yeah i know a lot of this film was uh was made in uh canada so that's interesting all right yes you can still go to the cathedral junk if you please it is uh in austin texas and uh it's um the whimsical multi-level shelter is made of 60 plus tons of used furniture home goods and and junk uh <laughs> and go. junk um yeah so if you want to go explore it seems like it's uh a place to go and yeah no it was super super whimsical like i remember the scene from when i was a kid and there's definitely kind of like a magical element and i think it kind of speaks to how you know things are just seem like they're magical when you're a kid they seem 
like you go into an experience with like wide eyes and I as a person of my age I might look at this and say this is just a big heap of junk but as a kid you're like this is like the coolest thing ever and I'm totally gonna drink this soda that's hanging from trees then not gonna be concerned of anything and I, yeah. I, I think it just like speaks to and it's like a really cool opportunity as well to just play yeah and I think Stuart like the the actual what this actually does for us for the film is it does kind of establish who sport and Janie are more so than just like their relations to Harriet where we get like Janie is like a, a scientist almost like she just like she just loves to create things and like test things out she has like a terribly like dangerous fire hazard like chemical lab basically in her own bedroom um and then we get sport who like uh, the big thing about him is like he's very concerned with money and he wants to be like famous so he never has to worry about money again yeah. in his life and that's reflected in like kind of what they dream for because like Janie she wants to funnily enough replicate her DNA and somehow from that win the Nobel Peace Prize yes Cur curious uh choice but like um so obviously like scientific aspirations and like sort mm -hmm. of breaking barriers in that sense but then you've got sport who wants to like just hit more home runs than any other baseball player that's ever done and he drinks and he just and get filthy rich because like obviously mm -hmm. that kind of like money worry is still kind of lingering yeah. you get a real kind of vibe of what their thing is and then harriet obviously spotlight stealer that she is just yeah. chugs the whole thing is like i want to see everything and like sort of goes off on one everyone's like all right a little extra yeah. but you be you <laughs> yeah, and i think like it's just like a sign of things to come right that she's like so preoccupied with herself that she drinks the whole drink not realizing like oh hey maybe that's a little bit like selfish mm -hmm. um and so uh a little bit of a strange scene I felt like besides obviously the purpose of getting uh, to change Harriet's life and kind of get Gully out of there is um, Gully invites a friend over for dinner while she's watching Harriet, George, um, and Gully like accidentally burns the bratwurst, which we know she actually hates based on like the conversation they had previously. And so they're like, okay, let's go to dinner and a movie instead. And this whole night is like, I love it. I think it's very cute. It's George trying to get Harriet, like win over Harriet. And he does a very good job at it. Um, and I love this like bicycle they have where Harriet is sleeping in like the front basket as they, as they make their way home. Um, and Harriet's family is absolutely irate, Stuart. They are infuriated that she would take harriet out past curfew not even tell them where they were going and she gets fired uh and i this feels very true to the characters where like they fire gully and immediately they're like oh my god wait but who's gonna watch harriet wait we need you you can't leave <laughs> like oh no there's an 11 year old that needs care damn it it's it's kind of insane i mean gully in that entire situation is stuck between like a real rock and a hard place like she has to care for this child, but then she's also got to live her life. So brings a guy over yeah. a date, burns food, and then gets absolutely begged by him and the kids to go out for dinner and a movie. And it just, time goes a little bit on. Again, it's the whole problem with 90s films where a problem could be solved with modern technology. If everyone had a mobile, then sorted. Just yeah. Give yeah. Them a yeah, where are you? Oh yeah, we're at a film. Good. Although I will say, terrible cinema etiquette. They're chucking popcorn, they're talking, they're yes. shenanigans. They would get Not them. good. 
Oh, it was, was not awful. Lots of disrespect at the at the movies. I I mean, to be honest with you, like I understand why Harriet's parents are very angry at the situation because they come home, their kid's supposed to be in bed. It's probably a school night, and then you know, golly comes in with this rando guy and they're just like oh we just like came back from the movies and dinner it's and i think that there's already some jealousy brewing because there was that scene where harriet's mom was saying oh do you want me to tuck you in and harriet's like i'm good like i got golly like yeah like i don't need you mom and i think that this is kind of was probably the start of like her mom realizing that Harriet prefers um, Golly's a company and and she hasn't been a mother but also they're like always going out to parties they're always fighting they're like really absent parents and it, it makes sense why Harriet's like so imaginative because she had to probably entertain herself for a really long time yeah, she's an only child with rich parents who have a nanny that essentially parents their kid all the time. Gully is the one who gets Harriet breakfast, puts her to bed, reads her bedtime stories. Like, she is her full-time companion or, you know, um, base caregiver. And, uh, and Gully, like you said, Stuart, Gully, like needs to live her own life right she lives with the family she is a full-time nanny to this family and i think she just wants to have some time to herself and she says you know what like harriet is old enough to be on her own um which i was like i was trying to think in my head okay harriet is in sixth grade uh, she's 11 years old i was trying to remember back to when i was allowed to stay home alone um i want to say I, yeah i was gonna say i think mine i was sixth grade i think it was like 11 or 12 i was allowed but i also had an older brother so that kind of you know changes things a little bit um but Gully is just like you know she sees harriet spying she knows that harriet is going to be listening in on this conversation she's just like don't don't give up on your love for observing people i'm gonna buy your first novel um and like this is a huge change for harriet stewart like this is the one of the major like twists in the story is harriet now must learn to survive without her her best friend essentially in gully uh, and how difficult that would be for a kid it's like the entire rug has just been pulled out from her entire support structure and it's like Leaving an eleven-year-old kid to like fend for themselves is one thing, but also when you're very kind of absent parents are out partying to like to the late evening, who's this kid gonna like hang out with? Who's gonna do yeah. dinner for them and things like that? There's some practicalities that I think that it doesn't quite address, but then, and so quite rightly, Harriet is just depressed. Like she, I, I made no, I was like everything's sad, <laughs> just yeah, because the whole like everything's bleak. It's dark. Um, she goes to see the cat guy, and the cats are gone, and it's like in a oh, sack, hor- <laughs> in a sack, <laughs> like sack. this is full on horrifying that yeah. they would come and take his cats away, and a full just a huge sack of cats, just you just see bulging out at the sides. What the fuck was this? Yeah, I guess cat carriers aren't a thing at this point. You don't put <laughs> the cats in the sack. 
I, I do think having like 50 cats in your house is probably a problem. But like the thought of like all of his cats getting taken away, like even his favorites makes me so sad. Yeah. I don't know. I have, I just feel bad about the cats. I don't, and then, he, but then he also had like this like really sick bird cage. It's like, you are so bold to not only like have cats, but also have birds. Like, you know what I mean? Like that just doesn't feel yeah. safe for the birds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, the All whole the thing is feels... conspicuously empty. I did find <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like, now we look at it a little bit differently. Right. Because we do pity the guy who loses all his cats, but it's also like, dude, bro, like get your cats spayed and neutered as Bob Barker would say, like, you know, like let's, let's take care of the cats and not have them, you know, uh, like reproducing all over the place and just too many cats. Um, and so, yeah, she's very sad. She doesn't have Gully anymore. And this is when she goes, she breaks into a mansion, right? We see her with her toolkit, like her spy kit. One of my favorite like little scenes is when she's kind of like assembling her little spy kit. She has her uh she has her binoculars she has her compact mirror her notebook you know a magnifying glass anything one might need uh to spy and she's hanging outside this mansion uh and she breaks in and Stuart, bold she goes into like this dumb waiter situation and hides in there like i would have never as a child had like the boldness to do this I mean, she's absolutely got the boldness of a rich kid that feels entitled to just <laughs> yeah. enter houses. But, like, to hide in the dumb waiter, I thought it was genius. Uh, and the little dog, uh, <laughs> it's called Pee Wee, that is the maid's like chasing after them. Yeah. Um, it's like yapping away and stuff like that. And she just hides in there and then just like sort of crawls all the way up to the thing. And to see Eartha Kit of all people, this is the weirdest cameo. I was like, yeah. I don't understand it. It must I have been like some favor. I don't understand the scene at all, actually, because first we have the Pomeranian delivery service. I don't know. Is it just like a breeder and they only deliver Pomeranians? Is it a Pomeranian grooming service? And then how did they get Eartha Kit in here? And why is she spying on Eartha Kit anyway? Like, what is she's that's her job because she's a spy she's girl spying. that's her job but like why is she interested in eartha kit and but she's a rich bitch like why wouldn't you be you know like she's just like oh this lady has something going on i'm gonna see what's up but she's just sitting in bed well she doesn't know that until she gets in there Maybe I'm just not an inquisitive child. You are not a curious person by nature, Sarah. Like you are and you aren't, right? Like you'll go through people's medical, like medicine cabinets. Yeah. But like you're already inside. Like you're not right. like I already have access. Yeah. yeah. I I like am a firm believer of staying in your own lane. Like are you? I I I I am for the most part. <laughs> I don't care what other people do with their lives like i think you yeah. don't care what strangers do with their lives that's the that's issue true. if this was that's someone true. you knew you'd be like hell yeah i want oh yeah 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 i would 
very much readily spy on my friends more so than spying on some random lady with Pomeranians. I would spy on the Pomeranian. That's high interest to me, but not the lady with the Pomeranian. But yeah, she got, she got made in the situation. She got caught. Yeah. Yeah, Big she has time. to run out. It was, well, no, she got kicked out. Yeah, but then she runs away. Like, they throw everything at her. It's very much like the the um like the classic like run like gets yeah. kicked outside th stuff thrown on top of them uh her, trope. her credibility went way down in this in this scene i think good, that she a good spy never gets caught never yeah. and she's like crap i'm not a spy anymore it's time for yeah. me to go and play with the other children yeah so they have this huge game of like tag uh and everybody just starts like throwing their books in the air right uh and so then we have the the three kids kind of like uh sport janie and harriet all end up like on the ground like rolling around meanwhile marion that fucking bitch marion finds harriet's notebook that says private right on the yeah. front but how harriet, do you not a good spy doesn't put private on the front of a private <laughs> notebook yeah. True. you know True. you gotta disguise it um and so she starts reading all of harriet's comments about you know all the people in school um the girl who spent her all, whole summer growing boobs <laughs> you know like <laughs> i felt bad for that girl because i was that girl who was like yeah. no i don't have boobs yet like just pretend you don't mm -hmm. see them nothing to see here um and just like the the kid the kid sarah i'm sure you recognized him mr butt kiss's son from uh oh, yeah. two of a kind so what um, was his deal? He just wore purple socks and didn't want to talk? Yeah, basically. Or it takes two. A Sorry, man of crying. mystery. It's a man of mystery. <laughs> I mean, shy kid. He has MVP of the entire thing. But apparently, like, if you wear purple socks, then, you, you know, you know. might as well not exist. I did, Like, why? Just because, just because, yeah. So this is the this is the burn book essentially. It's, this is yeah. a burn book, Stuart, for Mean Girls. This is the beginning of the burn book, except mm -hmm. for Harriet is the mean one, not Marion. Except yeah. Marion's the one who's reading all these things out loud. Well, Marion does it in such an awful way as well. Like she's reading them out to everyone; they're all laughing and everything. And it, what's funny is that you're seeing each kid kind of react and go, "Oh no, that's horrible!" And then two seconds later, laughing at the other kids. Of course, as like, children do. Awful. They're yeah. really, they're really bad. And it's just like, I don't know. Like a part of me is like, yeah, of course. Like if I found this burn book, of course I would read it. But also, I don't know. It's just like it's it's a sucky situation. This, uh, but also. You know, Harriet should not be writing like this shit in a public book that says private so obviously and toted around with her. I think this was a big like, you know, flop on Harriet's part. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She just like she writes all these nasty things about her own friends, right? And she doesn't jump in to like take the notebook away, really. She just kind of stands there. What's she going to do? like get into a fist fight with yeah, her yeah absolutely punch that bitch in the face no. yeah do what you gotta do no, you know no, no um but she reads so Janie then gets a comment about how uh Janie will grow may grow up to be a nutcase mm -hmm. because of all her wild experiments that are just insanely dangerous um and then so Janie instantly is like on the other kid's side she's like against Harriet immediately no questions asked uh and then last but last but not least is poor sport who uh 
we earlier in the movie we get Harriet like pretending Sport had dropped a dollar just so that he could buy like basic food like you know bread and milk and everything um and she says oh yes sports father never has any money maybe he should get a real job mm. uh because i had to pretend to have him drop money for him to pay for things and it's so sad because Stuart, this isn't even anything that sport is doing like these are circumstances completely beyond his control it's awful and the, the, i think the saddest thing about it as well is that sport when he hears it he doesn't walk over to the side of the bench like janie does like he doesn't kind yeah. of pick a side he just goes, yeah, I have to go. It's spaghetti night. I've got to go make spaghetti and walks off because he's clearly crushed because it's like, like you say, it's not his fault. This is best friend that's saying something that's really scathing. Like in that moment where she pretends to, that he dropped a dollar. I mean, for one thing, I thought you might find that to be the saddest film because he was about to return the cheese. But the... I did find that very <laughs> sad that he wouldn't be able to buy his cheese. I and also the cheese the... was under a dollar. Yeah. It was best to ditch the cheese. Sarah, <laughs> get out of here with this. You taste. okay, you need the eggs, you need the milk, you need the bread. I you don't need know the you... cheese when you're putting on the bread. Need... I don't think you need the cheese. But like when she hands over the dollar and stuff, it's like he knows how much money is. Like if the, yeah. he he does the books, as we found out, like yeah. he he goes he know, he knows how much money he's got. So when she hands him that, the two of them know in that moment what's going on, and both are mortified. Yeah. And he bails from the situation completely. So for her to judge him in that moment, it's yeah, it's the biggest betrayal. And I feel for him so much in that moment. It's yeah. awful. But the act was kind. And mm. I don't know why she kind of wrote it down in her book as it being like judgy because you would think in that situation she wasn't being judgmental. She was doing a kind act. She didn't want to embarrass him. She was like, oh, you dropped the dollar outside. And then yeah. she like shit talks the situation and spins it in a direction. And I wonder if like Marion was like kind of coloring the words a little bit because also, I think in the situation with her other friend, she was like for Janie's situation, she was just like, you know, Janie's so good at experiments, but like they get dangerous sometimes. So sometimes I wonder if she's going to be like a nut or like a genius. And I think like Marion, once again, like kind of reworded what she said to make it sound worse or she or Harriet wrote it worse than what she articulated to the audience right like I feel like the words were kind of changed to sound more malicious I also think something we need to keep in mind is like Harriet does come from a lot of money well and yes so of like yeah. the fact that sport like that his family struggles with money i don't think she fully gets it i mean first of all she's 11 and second of all because she's always had money i don't think it necessarily registers to her that like and we get it even in a scene later where like uh harriet's like oh i hate money and he, sport says like well you wouldn't you hate it because you you know you have so much of it you wouldn't hate it if you didn't have any right like she doesn't necessarily get it and i think she very much judges sport and his family because in her mind it's very easy of like why doesn't he just get a real job like why doesn't he just have money yeah. you know like it's very it's easy for her to say that when her family has so much money yeah and, absolutely yeah. i mean that wasn't lost on me as well it was absolutely coming from like a place of privilege um i mean everybody in the school seems 
pretty affluent. I don't know if it's a public school or a private school, what the situation is, but um, perhaps sport is there on a scholarship and it, it comes into like a sociology, sociological issue that there, you know, what happens when there's like rich kids and like people that are not as affluent once again reaching over to gossip girl <laughs> you know dan humphrey and jenny humphrey did not fit in with the likes of no. blair and serena no um so yeah so the, this is like as a result sport also turns on harriet and i always felt like i don't know Stuart. correct me if you disagree i always felt like sport was more of a character than Janie was in the film. Like it felt like he met and it could just be because of the, the nature of the story we get with him. Um, and I know the three of them are like best friends, but I always felt my heart always hurt so much more for sport in this moment because Janie, I feel like immediately has this like look of anger and like mm -hmm. she transfers over to the other side so quickly and I think sport looks more devastated than angry. Yeah, like Janie kind of like sides with them immediately, and then sport like is kind of crushed. And I think for that like it's intended to make you kind of feel for him, especially because yeah. we've seen his family kind of situation. Like when she's kind of spying on them, you see you like, hear that his dad is a writer and is struggling, and you know that it's completely not the kid's fault at all. And he does the best he can. I mean, the kid effectively runs his house. It's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard to watch sport here. Um, and so everyone turns on Harriet. Uh, she is basically left not only without her her nanny, um, but without any friends. Um, and uh, I think this is a good moment to stop down and question our own life choices. <laughs> Take a quick ad break while we all just feel sad for Harriet for a moment. Uh, we will be right back. Hey, Sarah, I know you've been really into reading lately and you've gotten me into it as well. Yeah, well, you know what? Book of the Month made it really easy because Book of the Month offers just a few new selections every month, saving readers the hassle of figuring out what to read. One of the biggest deterrents for me is that like when I go to the library, there's like thousands and thousands of books and I'm like, I, 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 get, I don't even know what to pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They focus on new and emerging authors, which means these are books that we probably wouldn't have found out about otherwise, which is super nice. Yeah. And we also, um, I love having a really aesthetic bookshelf and the, the books that we got, it was like beautiful, high quality hardcover books, plus free shipping, which came really quickly. Love free shipping. Uh, you and I both chose The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, which is a thriller about a missing girl. And I honestly, I really, I really couldn't put it down. I think I read it in about a 48 hour time period. It had twists, it had turns, kept me guessing the entire way through up until the very last page. <laughs> so tell me what you liked about the book then. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really good and I'm excited to dive into the other book that I have um but the great thing is Sarah is that listeners can sign up for book of the month to discover new emerging authors by going to bookofthemonth.com and using code pedals for just five dollars wow what a deal check out book of the month club for all of your reading needs 
Yeah, seriously. Every month you can get a new group of books that you just, you know, fall in love with. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS for just $5 and enjoy reading. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Okay, we're back. Sad Harriet time. Uh, she now has this, there's a spy catcher club. That is basically like Sarah. They just, they all form. It very reminds me of the, um, the He-Man woman hater club. Mm, um, yeah. Very much reminds me of that from the little rascals where they put up this like clubhouse. They built this whole clubhouse with like duct tape. That's not going to stay together. So you have tons <laughs> of money, like get some nails, get a hammer. What are you doing? Um, and it's very strange. They like basically their whole uh, motive is to ruin Harriet's spying. They want to out her. And so they wear, they're like on like rollerblades and roller skates and they wear um, like these like metal like trash can lids and stuff. And whenever they see her spying Sarah, they just bang ah! and like make a ton of noise to out her. Yeah, uh, I really, I, I really hated this segment actually. They just terrorize Harriet all damn day. Like I, I, I mean, I don't know necessarily if it would have been a better move to just ignore her, but it was, it was terrible. And like, they, they made fun of her notebooks and a whole heap of stuff. She really, like I said earlier, she really got bullied in this, in these segments and it wasn't that fun. It wasn't fun to watch. I don't know. Did you have fun watching Harriet get like banged pots and pans at her? Like she was, uh. What what was that season of Big Brother that sucked that that dude one Josh one where they were just like banging pots and pans? Are you talking about Big Brother? Yeah, I just said Big Brother. Yeah. Oh yeah 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 yeah. No, he does bang pots and pans. I mean, like, I think it makes sense though, right? Like they found what's going to upset her the most in ruining her spying. Okay, this is not a a, a great achievement, Jessica. This is harrowing. <laughs> They're 11 years old. Of course, it's not a great achievement. They just, they, nothing bands children together like a simultaneous hate for something, Stuart, right? Yeah. Do you have an, a, a singular enemy that you are all against? I, I mean, I wouldn't say just children. I'd say people in general, right? Like the enemy of the of your enemy is your friend. And even though everyone seemingly hates Marion, they're all willing to buy, like, crowd around her with the sole goal of ruining Harriet's life. Nothing unifies people like mob mentality. I mean, it's <laughs> the same for adults, it's the same for kids. That's I don't quite true. know why um, there's a uniform policy that everyone has to wear rollerblades though, and trash can lids, and <laughs> that's the kind of like the spy catcher's kind of uniform as such. But I mean, the way in which they do it, I mean, it's one thing to just kind of like go after her when she's in the park having a quiet moment and stuff but then to hit the spy route to take that away from her is just oh, it's, it's just a petty lot. it's a lot how much energy do these kids have to like scold one person it's like jeez a lot it. 
<laughs> a lot of energy. It's nasty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. And so Harriet doesn't like starts not doing her homework. She, the, and this, this to me felt like the worst where her parents crack down on her. They take away her notebooks, which we saw her bedroom. She has no notebooks filled with just like her spying. And mm -hmm. not only that, when she goes to school, they frisk her. They yeah. frisk her, which I was like so aghast at. Um, she is a child in a school, which should be a safe place for children. And she gets frisked in front of the entire school like in front of the entire classroom um and so she doesn't she doesn't have the ability to like you know do anything about it um which is again just awful and then i think for me the the moment that i remembered the most beyond the tag game this was the moment like the blue paint situation where they're all sitting in a circle doing like paint for whatever art class she's just like reading some random textbook and First of all, the giant bucket of blue paint. Why any one child would have that much blue paint uh, at their desk is beyond me. She, They walk over and she pours blue paint on Harriet. And then all the kids run over and like rub it in. Meanwhile, Harriet is screaming and the teacher is just like, yeah, help her. Help her. It's like they're rubbing it in, teacher. What are you doing, Sarah? This was so hard to I, watch. I blame the teacher in this moment. I think that the teacher is very irresponsible. I think that she knew what was going on and she perpetuated the bullying. And then Harriet later on, it was like she should get a raise. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. No raise for her. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, this was terrible. I felt awful for Harry. And then they're like, yeah, I clean her up. And then everybody in the class sat there and tried to clean her up, quote unquote. In reality, they just made her messier. I yeah. hate mess. I hate that this happened to Harry. This was terrible. Yeah. Paper towels were not the thing. And the teacher not seeing it like for what it was was just so dense. And then when Marion comes up and pours more on her, on her absolutely head, absolutely justified. Yes. And the slap is iconic. Oh, the slap is the one thing says. that I did like. That yes. whack noise and the, they, okay, we all know it was staged because like if you seriously slap someone and your hand was covered in blue paint, it wouldn't be like a perfect handprint, but like the perfect handprint on Marion's face was so good. And it was just the response as well. She like takes it, Harriet storms off and then she just turns up well, that wasn't very dignified. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And then we get like the slow-mo of Harriet like running down the street covered in blue paint. And she just like fills up that iconic bathtub, jumps in, and it's just like cover, like just blue water. Like just... super ambitious shot for like a kid's film of the 90s. I was yeah. like, this yes. is not a huge budget thing. And yet they've got this like under uh like kind of like, a pool shot of this yeah. huge bathtub and she dives into it it's really cool yeah it's so well done and then we get harriet has had fucking enough she <laughs> has had enough and she takes her what are those things called the math shit where it's like the, the compass compass thing yeah she takes that and first of all the fact she didn't get in trouble for this or even noticed when she's writing her aria stark list of haters on her desk she's like like engraving 
the whole desk with names of everyone on her shit list, which also just fucking iconic. Now we need to break down the list here of what she does. And we need to say, which is the worst? Cause I have a very strong vibe of like, which is the emotional worst and which is like, like as a child, kind of the worst thing that could happen to you. So she has her list, right? Um, the first, I think it's the first thing she does is the girl that sits in front of her. Laura. She fucking full-on chops her goddamn braid off. <laughs> with, scissors, with scissors, it would take her a long, that was a thick-ass braid, Sarah. Like, it would take a long time to get through that braid. Uh, I, this is terrible. I don't support <laughs> this. <laughs> don't cut off my hair. I will murder you. It was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, like, to do it while they're, uh, I think it's like a male puberty kind of like projector thing going on. Everyone's like making jokes and stuff. And she just, in the dark, like an actual spy just goes and gets it. And it's awful. But also, I mean, if you're going to do it, that's when you do it. It It was lovely. It was so amazing. Um, So she does that uh she is like a pretty tame one she like ruins that kid's like popsicle like castle like yeah pinky's little like structure just goes in like finds the one that's apparently supporting popstick and just pulls it it out (laughs) yeah that one was like okay that's not that's not that bad you know um i'm trying to think of some of the other ones like the big the biggest one is probably marion uh wait is the, she like went into that girl's locker and like drew scary faces on like all of their <laughs> that, all was so that was she so tame that was so tame yeah like all the boy bands they were like had like eyeliner and stupid things drawn on very them. rude uh, we had uh, Carrie, uh, her bra was put up the flagpole. Oh, that was embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, Janie had the Bunsen burner, like, cranked up her experiment, which ruined it. Yeah, ruined the what experiment. She, what did she do? She, like, burned down her house, practically. <laughs> like, it's just... I think it was in school, but if it was in the <laughs> house, that would be even more savage. <laughs> she is burned savage! This is nasty! Like, how this are we, amazing. like, be like, go Harriet, like... The answer to bullying is bullying back. Well, actually, it's like bullying, and then um, the bullies are bullying the bullying, and then she's bullying the bullying that got that did the bullying. Okay. Vicious cycle. Yeah. It, two wrongs don't make a right, uh, Harriet. <laughs> and this is why she needs freaking golly gosh, whatever her name is, to help her guide her. She was not doing this shit when golly gosh was around golly oh, old golly <laughs> just that uh, safer times but the worst i think definitely was marion's marion is so bad so she goes into this okay uh again one of the other very visceral i had like a very much like a reaction to seeing was for some reason this bathroom I remembered this bathroom, specifically the sink where they have to, it's like a circular sink and they have to stand on a pedal and it like sprinkles out of the top. I don't know why, but this was very much in my head of like, oh yeah, I remember this sink because Harriet very casually just walks into the bathroom, washes her hands as she, like, she's so many, like, it's, it's, oh my God. It's like through so casually, like iconic. And she's just like, yeah, well. She basically says, like, oh, yeah, don't listen to her. Her dad left her family to be with his secretary because he never loved her. And she just, like, casually dries her hands and then leaves them. We're just like, 
Oh my fucking god, girl! Sick as burn. She's gonna need that water. Red to filth. <laughs> it was <laughs> iconic and horrifying. But it was so good. And obviously this is the most hurtful, I think, of all of them. Um, and then the la- the last thing she does, which I hurt my feelings the most because I just have such a soft spot for sport, is uh, she takes a the Polaroid photo that she had taken of sport in the maid outfit because he was cleaning his house. Again, he is like the parent in, in this situation. He does the books. He cleans the house. He does the grocery shopping, right? All for his dad. She does uh, takes photocopies of it and posts it all throughout the school saying like man of the house. And they have this moment where she's hanging up one of them and she makes eye contact with sport. And then she just does the like push down of the thumb on the tape and just, and it's so sad. It's so sad to her. I can't. Regina George is shaking yeah. at the <laughs> level of nerve that, that Harriet Ann Welsh. Harriet Ann Welsh is a life ruiner in she this is. moment. And she's like, <laughs> she's going for the jugular. Like, she is. Yeah. Like, she's, I mean, she's schooling names on a table. Again, something that her teacher conveniently has missed again. Let's talk negligence in that front. But like, schooling these names out, like, she's done. Like, she wants to salt the earth and just be done with everything. And yeah. when she, when sport just looks at her and he's he's not angry he's just he's like giving that whole i'm not angry i'm sad kind of look oh, and yes. she just goes she has a moment to say take it down apologize but no she presses the thumb in harder on the saddle tape as if to go yep i know it's nasty awful. little girl <laughs> nasty it's it's awful and so of course this alienates her even further and all of her, her parents are just getting phone calls on phone calls on phone calls from all of these children's parents they should and so they bring her to see a psychologist who has the weirdest fucking office i've ever seen in my life a giant like jack behind mm-hmm. like a like a, a kid's children's jack just chilling in the background um and uh and so yeah so he gives her a notebook right she had destroyed all her notebooks she ripped out all the pages He's like, oh, do you want this notebook? And so she writes down everything on which he's going to read. And she's like, can I have it? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to need to talk to your parents about it. Um, I feel like this was far overdue, Sarah. Like modern day, anybody's ki- anybody who's a kid who has rich parents is definitely going to be in like therapy from like age yeah. two. Yeah, I mean, she needed this. I also think that she needed to be suspended from school, but there's no repercussions. Or her parents should have pulled her from school before any of this happened. But once again, the parents suck. So, uh, yeah, therapist it is. And um, she is very concerned about what the therapist has to say. And basically, the therapist was just like, you know, she's like a smart kid. So it was just like, okay, all right. She's a smart and talented kid and creative. She is. She's very smart. I okay. I I think you two are giving Harriet like the big out here, and I want to know like why <laughs> we're on the Harriet train. She's a monster. I mean, People can cry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I view it as like. I mean, okay. I haven't been in this like specific situation, right? Like. She never, what she wrote down was mean, right? Obviously, in her notebook, what she wrote down about people was awful. 
Um, but she's 11. And so I think I give her a little bit more leeway because she wrote all these things, not intending for anyone to see them. So, and so things don't, get, don't, you're okay. And then she gets, I think she's going through a lot where she loses her like best friend and her nanny. She doesn't have really any parenting but happening. She was being a shit before that. <laughs> Was she, she was writing shit? that stuff before she lost. Oh no, Dolly. I know, but she's never intended for anyone to see it. And so then, so when the, everyone okay. sees it, all right, so like you haven't. It's, it's like okay if you think evil thoughts towards other people yes. as long as they don't know about it. Where's any person? I don't care if you are a child or an adult has had mean thoughts about somebody else that yeah, they're like, totally. I don't want people to actually know. I think, but this. then like, don't be like, why is everybody mad at me? Like you were in the wrong. Like, oh, I think it's hard. You're though. spying on everybody and you won't like leave people alone. And then like, I think it's disgusting that she like did these printouts of her very best oh, friend in a yeah. maid outfit. It's like horrible. And the fact that like they eventually just like, forgive her just because she wants to be the school paper editor and then is like i'm kind of sorry and then holds up holds up the advice when rosie o'donnell came back thank goodness because we need some parental guidance came mm -hmm. back the advice that she gave is like yeah like you got caught like that blows but like if you want to fix it cool if not that's fine too. One thing you can do is say you're sorry, even if you're not, and then lie about it. And that's totally cool too. Like this is the advice we are giving from a parental figure to a child in a children's movie. And then we're like, yeah, lying is cool. Like white lies are totally fine. Like, and you can apologize even if you don't mean it. And then like she does apologize but she's doing the shittiest apologies ever she like, is like she says to Janie she's like yeah I'm sorry like I'm sorry I did that but like she doesn't really mean it and then she like whisper apologizes to sport she's the shittiest apologizer ever this kid's a shit I am done I'm blame done the parents yeah. is what I say yeah like blame the parents but also you know like blame her because she I think this is just I think the thing is is like I just look at her as a 11 year old inquisitive girl who is reaping what she is sowing mm -hmm. like she wrote all these things down which again we all think shitty thoughts about people sometimes that we aren't intending for them to know about, right? Like, you see someone, you're like, oh, they're a fucking asshole. I feel like I'm going to go up to their face and be like, you're a fucking asshole. You just think it in your head. And so it gets out. And then I think the problem is, like, children are not meant to be alienated, right? Like, she, she is alienated in so many ways. She doesn't have parents around. She lost a gully. And she no longer has her best friends. And that will do shit to a person. I'm not saying her reactions are, like, uh a good way to react to things but she is alienated and i think her sadness turns to anger when they take the last thing she has which is spying right they ruin her root for her so even though she still had that they take that away from her which like turns into manifests in anger in her and she's like you know what fuck you guys i'm gonna get you back and that's what she does and again it's not great what she does to Sport and Janie, especially, who were her friends, and I can't blame them for being angry with Harriet, right? Like, I'd say Marion deserves what she got coming, even though it was really mean. Uh, <laughs> everybody else, it's kind of like, 
they didn't really necessarily deserve that. But then I just love that we get Gully who's just like, listen, like you're going to need to apologize. You know, you're going to need to apologize and then lie to set things straight, which maybe you don't, you know, tell a kid to lie. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the, the advice is it comes too late and it comes in probably the worst wording possible. Because like yeah. being a kid, like everyone, as like you said, like everyone has inside thoughts that shouldn't be outside thoughts. And like the moment you kind of those judgy kind of things become statements, they become hurtful. And everyone, I like, sort of has something in their head that they could, that should remain in there. Problem is, is this kid is going through development and is learning to keep those things inside, and is learning that not everything has to be written down, not everything has to be kind of put to paper because it's hurtful. And then, without this, and being a formative like kind of time in her life she's never gonna learn from it right problem is the golly covers along and it's just like yeah okay you're gonna have to apologize good advice white lie i'd say it's kind of gray advice it's really hard when she's 11 i don't think you can necessarily get into that gray area with an 11 year old i think if she's like in her teens maybe you can say sometimes we have to do a white lie you know but it, at 11 i think but it's she, really hard she frames it quite well though like when she says and the examples of like if you've got a sick friend and you say to them you're looking really good like those kind of white lies kind of do make sense and stuff yeah. like that but also complimenting someone's trash cooking no not worth it people, are gonna, <laughs> people need to learn <laughs> yeah and so uh and so yeah she says like listen uh you know you need your friends like you can't go through life alone and so i agree with you sarah when she apologize quote unquote apologizes Mm. to janie and sport they're really shitty apologies um both of which are really not they're not said they're not really explained it's just an i'm sorry and she whispers the one sport again not even really realizing like if he can hear it right like not even listening like knowing he hears it um, this is when we find out that sports father finally got like published and like he wants to go be rude to a waiter, which is just like sports dad, what are you doing? No. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> funny. I love that the, the first reaction you get 10 grand and you're like, yeah, okay, we're going to spend it all on stuff that we don't necessarily need. And then we're going to go out to a restaurant and abuse a waiter. Yeah. Money well spent. <laughs> I mean, of all, of all the moral things that we're kind of uh, latching onto, I think that's probably the worst one it's pretty yeah. bad it's but, it is bad it's um, so sad though because like when when she does the apology to sport and she kind of whispers it through the thing again sport is the champ in this entire film because if it wasn't for him being sensitive and kind of lingering on at the door and seeing her through the glass in that kind of moment and knowing that she's probably there hanging on because she's wanting to say something that she doesn't quite know how to say he wouldn't have known that she's apologized. And I think that maybe he did hear that kind of like final, I'm sorry, kind of like thing that she said. Yeah. But again, like if he, if it wasn't for him and he stormed off, it would be, there'd be no progression yeah. whatsoever. Storm, yeah. Sport's the best. Sport is, he's MVP of this movie. Um, Because then we get, they like finally Janie and sport and a lot of the others get tired of Marion's fucking shenanigans, right? Like she's the boss. She gives them subpar cake. She gets the best cake and everyone else gets <laughs> shit cake. She was um, also being wheeled around in a shopping cart at one point. <laughs> like as if she was like 
absolute like emperor just presiding yeah. over this also, uh, empire of just in a garden with like a shack that they put together like you said with duct tape and the worst kind of signage it was just awful and like but. your parents are rich like why didn't you have them just have builders come in and build a fucking fancy clubhouse for you but she has like the biggest piece of cake i've ever seen in my fucking life like rivals that of like uh was it brucey and matilda eating that giant mm-hmm. cake like this fucking slice of cake honestly like not even an adult person could finish that piece of cake and uh and so yeah they they quit they're like they're fucking done dealing with your bullshit marion um and when when they uh cheney and uh, sports storm off they like pull out like they sport takes like a fist full of the cake which i thought was hilarious (laughs) and then marion just claps back with well you can't come back we're voting it's official. <laughs> I was like, that's not how voting works, man. <laughs> it's so great. And I, I do think like the one thing that necessarily didn't work for me was kind of like the climax of how uh how it is that Harriet gets back with her friends, where she basically says, I think the editor of the sixth grade paper was done unfairly. Um, I think it's too much work for one person and I want to open it up to a vote. And the first guy who stands up isn't even like sport or Janie. It's purple socks, dude. Purple socks, dude stands up. Yeah. (laughs) So random. And I feel like (laughs) this is like not even the point that Harriet was trying to make. Like it's too much for one person. Okay. So then one person is going to just do the editing paper and is now going to be Harriet. I thought the proposition was that like every week there's going to be a new editor to the paper. Oh. See, if they had set that up from the very beginning, I think that might have worked a lot better. Like if it was something that was like every month the new kids did the editing. And then in the month where it comes up where she needs it most, it's her month to do it. And then then she writes the retraction, she writes the apologies, she yeah. puts that out, and then that becomes the thing that's the catalyst for like all of like her redemption. Oh yeah, that's a good that lesson. That might have made much more sense. It doesn't it just like falls a little flat here. It doesn't mm. make a ton of sense. And we we hear her retraction on the on the fucking typewriter is hilarious. She's clacking away. Um, and so she apologizes to to basically everyone, and she's just like, Yeah, just because someone's father's not around doesn't mean they don't love them, on and on. Mm. Um uh, it's just like very very heavy-handed he probably doesn't love her but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> he probably started a new family and hates marion yeah Marian probably sucks, but you know um and so then we get uh i i do i do love so we get the pageant that marion had proposed right which is a bunch of food and she is like a piece of like silver she's the gravy she's dish gravy yeah, yeah gravy she's the fucking gravy dish and I do, I, I specifically remembered this moment. Like, they're, again, very, like, visceral memories for me of, of this film. And it is of the sixth grade pageant where um, we have, uh, so Marion is the gravy boat. Sport is, like, a leg of ham. Uh, uh, we have, or, like, uh, turkey, I don't know, whatever. He was a leg of some type of meat. Um, Marion, or uh, uh, Harriet, I believe, is an onion. onion which is yeah. such an iconic outfit. And what the fuck was Janie? What she was fuck? a squash. Oh, yeah. that's what she was. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I could not tell for the. I'm like, she looks like a court jester. What? What was they, it? They like... the roles really like early on in the film and stuff. And yeah. I remember that uh, JD's just like squash. I'll squash her. <laughs> 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 
And is that when they uh, like squash the onion? yeah Yeah, it's when she smashes an onion and so yeah like i don't know this part uh killed me i think it's because of the soundtrack where it's like get up off of that thing Mm. i'll make you feel better and i was like jamming like i was like yes i remember this because they're all just like dancing and then they pull out a turkey baster and they limbo underneath it It's ridiculous. I mean, this show is like an absolute fever dream because they start <laughs> off with Marion doing like ballet and everyone's falling asleep. James Brown kicks in and then they start limboing on the stage. I'm like, I'm here for it. Like, this yeah. is the best show ever. It was absolutely ridiculous. I think I my favorite part was um was sport like really getting into it with the hand, like the bottom of the hand. He was really <laughs> just like gyrating around. Um and then they like set off a stink bomb. Uh, what? Why? What? What? Shit. Yeah. This is amazing. Uh, and yet, uh, despite the fact that the stink bomb's there, the auditorium's clear. The three of them are left on stage dancing. And then Miss Elson, the trooper that she is, just comes on and starts chasing them down. As like, <laughs> like yeah. Them absolutely amazing again like a great ending i think the movie to me drags the most in the beginning i think that the middle to the end is the best part of the movie like it it picks up speed i think the beginning is where it falls a little flat for me but overall i really enjoyed my rewatch simply because i just like gosh films aren't made like this anymore right like you have there's just so many aspects of it that i'm like yeah harriet's not a perfect character but like we're still rooting for her. I was still rooting for her. I think like no, she's not perfect, but like she's an inquisitive 11-year-old, you know? 11-year-olds aren't perfect. They're going to do some shitty things and they're going to have to reap what they sow. And that's what I kind of like is like there is a comeuppance on every character that kind of does shitty things. Yeah, Sarah's still traumatized. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think it was that healing, but it's fine. I mean, like, I think that I needed to watch this movie one more time in my life, and now I will never do done so again. So yeah. I appreciate the moment. Um, you know, uh-huh. there it's very rare that I dislike something that I rewatch, and I think that this is gonna fall into that category. It's okay. I don't need to like everything. I'm glad that I had this experience. Um, I have a I have a gift for both of you. Oh, or me with me. Um, I'm bringing back Fashion Hour for this uh one time occasion. Oh, we love to see it. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked earlier about how much we appreciated the yellow, the yellow uh, which Macaulays, um, the raincoat, um. Zoom.com does or Streamer does not let you drop a picture in here, so I'm stumbling along. You gotta uh, share your screen. Oh, that's what we gotta do. <laughs> All righty, yeah. All fashion, fashion hour. Here we go. Here we go. Do you do you uh, do you see do you see this piece of artwork that I got here? Yes. Now, what I have here <laughs> is a battle of uh, the yellow rain jacket, which is very prominent in these lands. First of yeah. all, we have a Coraline, uh, lover of a yellow rain jacket. Next up, Taylor Swift. We love Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. She also has a yellow coat. 
Paddington Bear, uh, probably an icon. Uh, next Paddington up, don't wear a yellow jacket. That's horrendous. He is in this picture. Next up, we have this dude from Jurassic Park. Jessica, who is this dude? Oh, he's the worst. That guy sucks. That's well, the guy with the barbasol shaving. He's got a yellow raincoat. Of course, Harriet the spy. She herself has a raincoat. Next up, we have the Gordon's fisherman. Nope, that's not the Gordon's fisherman guy. That is a picture of Stuart when he was a child wearing a yellow ring when jacket. When he was a child. <laughs> <laughs> insane and then last of the kid from it also a yellow rain jacket there Who? is i will say there is one notable um person missing just Who's for this? all all my dark fans out there Jonas and his yellow raincoat is also no iconic. clue who that is but he, he deserves to be there too who Jonas. is the winner of the yellow rain jacket also what about the man in the yellow isn't there like a thing from curious george like the man in the yellow Oh, no, it's a hat. It's not a jacket, is it? Is it? A I hat? don't, I don't. Uh, there's a lot of yellow rain jackets, and I only had room for seven pictures. Okay, Stuart, who are you field. feeling? Who are you feeling uh, deserves the win of the best yellow jacket? Okay, I feel like I should rule myself out immediately because. <laughs> what about the original picture? The man of fish sticks. The man the of the fish sticks. The worst thing about mine is that it was so hokey. So it was like because it like winter coat. Mother was very insistent on like it being quite puffy and thick and like for winter, yeah. not a rain jacket. So yeah. it totally wasn't the style. Um, but it was filled pockets filled with binoculars, with notebooks, with oh, pencils, and all brilliant. sorts. It's ridiculous. It was a bad look, and so I, uh, I don't regret it, but I wouldn't repeat it. Um, I mean, of all of them, I, I gotta say Harriet still. Uh, you know what? I, uh, Jessica, you know, give your opinion and then I'll give mine. Yeah, I mean, for me, the ones that stick out the most are uh, Barbasol Man from Jurassic Park, but of he's course. evil, so I like don't want to root for him. Yeah, I love a pea coat, which is what T Swizzle is rocking. But like Harriet's is so quintessential '90s. It's too big, and it like it just, but it's big, and and she has like cuffed the sleeves. But there's so many pockets. It's so versatile. I just I feel like Harriet earns this win here. Yeah, you know what? She might be freaking awful, but she does deserve to win the best <laughs> yellow jacket. So thank you for um humoring me in that. And uh Stuart, <laughs> are you are you happy that you came on to talk about this show, <laughs> this movie? Are you pleased? Are you happy? Or... I mean, happy? at first, I instant regret the moment I got your scoldingly hot take on it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were gonna. This was gonna devolve into arguments. I was like, "You are stepping on my childhood. How dare you!" <laughs> but then, really looking at critically as an adult and like having to rewatch it, and I was like, "Oh God, yeah, I do see the problems with this. This is <laughs> actually quite bad." It's, it's honestly one of the worst parts about our podcast is having to revisit things and realizing they're not as good as you remembered them being it's oh, fairly it's traumatizing still good. it's still good it's just yeah. problematic sure wants to be very clear it's still brilliant it's just a little <laughs> terrible yeah i mean a little terrible and still being good that's like literally everything i like it's a win that's <laughs> a win there i tell you one thing though i'm really glad that no one's mentioned the um harry the spy blog wars film Oh yeah, in the, by the Disney Channel, yeah, 2010. I haven't ever watched it. I read the synopsis. Don't. It's 
I yeah, also I saw that there was like a mini spe- uh, series that came out with Jane Lynch and Beanie Feldstein and who knows back like last year. Um, we need to stop remaking things. We That's do. what we need to do. We, we need, need to do. St- stop messing with my favorite things. Stop it. That's what yeah. I have to say. Yep. Stuart, where can we find you? What are you up to? Um what am I up to? Um, let's see. So, like, well, if things go to plan, uh, you might find me appearing on uh, Post Show Recaps patron feed uh, sometime Ooh. soon, hopefully. Um, just on something a little brief. Um, otherwise, I'm usually in the Post Show Recaps Discord, uh, usually shouting about Drag Race or Dungeons & Dragons. Um, and if you like Dungeons & Dragons, I do release some stuff on swordandboard.co.uk. Uh, there's a couple of resources and adventures out there for like-minded nerds. Yay! Amazing. Amazing. Sarah, what do we have going on? So much happening around these parts. Yeah, weekly Dawson's Creek and Boy Meets World content. Um, We also, for July, have more bonus content coming up. We are covering the Mighty Ducks and My Cousin Vinny. So, um, very exciting. We are back in the swing of bonus content. Um, we finished our coverage of Time Traveler's Wife over at PSR, but you know, keep your eyes peeled for more things in the future. You can find us at Shit 90s Pod on Twitter or Instagram. You can find me at Sarah Ferguson and Jessica. Yep, you can find me at the Jess Sterling. Um, I'm usually bopping around these parts, but I'm also on community building over at Pusher Recaps where we talk about community. Gonna talk about some foosball soon, so that should be very fun. Um, but yeah, thank you all for listening. This was such a fun time. I gotta go get on my rain jacket, get all my supplies together so I can go spy on my neighbors a little bit, which is much creepier when you aren't felt. Um <laughs> Anyway, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all next time. Have a good one, everybody. Just Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.